Time once again for a BamaOnline.com fall camp. Watch along this one on a Friday evening, August the 18th, 2023. Travis Ryer, Senior Analyst for BOL, back with you. We've got about two and a half minutes of practice footage, courtesy of the University of Alabama, that we'll get into. Obviously, a big scrimmage. Scrimmage number two of the preseason, the final scrimmage of the preseason for Nick Saban's team set for Saturday afternoon at Bryant-Denny Stadium. Then we're going to get into a week where you might still be, you might still have some residual fall camp that you're working through. But when you get into fall classes starting on Wednesday of next week, you're pretty much in game week mode for Middle Tennessee. Crazy to think about, right? It's here for the most part. You got week zero games in college football next week, including Vanderbilt, an SEC team, hosting the Rainbow Warriors of the University of Hawaii one week from tomorrow night at Vanderbilt Stadium, or at least what's currently left of Vanderbilt Stadium as it undergoes a much-needed and major renovation there on the west end of Nashville. But we've got Alabama practice to get into on this Friday evening. A lot to sort out, a little bit of footage to work with. But we're going to start once again with those defensive backs. And as we get things started here, you see Terry and Arnold and right there working closely once again with those corners, specifically in the individual periods. It is head coach Nick Saban. Terry and Arnold, an interesting dude in terms of how he could impact this Alabama defense in just a multitude of ways. Obviously, you start with the cornerback position opposite Kool-Aid McKinstry, Terry on Kind of been a wire-to-wire guy, it seems, at that spot. But the addition of a guy we'll see here in just a minute could also throw things into sort of an interesting mix, given his ability to play the cornerback position. But we start things here with Terry on Arnold. Technique work where it relates to tackling, Nick Saban coaching up Arnold and Antonio Kite there. You got the first guy in as we move it to the five-second mark of the footage, and we'll stop it right about there at the six-second mark. Here comes Earl Little, the second. So you're working tandems here in a tackling drill. And a couple of things, you see the leverage from the second guy coming in, keeping that outside shoulder free. First guy making the sure tackle, but this is also a drill that you can relate to takeaways and trying to force takeaways. First guy gets there, makes the initial stop, holds the ball carrier up. Here can come that second guy to try to get the ball free. But right here, working more so on the tackling aspect of things, maintaining leverage, uh, leading with the right foot and the right shoulder. And that was the case once again for Kite and also true freshman corner Desmond Rick. So what we see here as we move the footage to the 14-second mark is we get ready to check out the quarterbacks once again. As we talked about last Friday, no such thing as a walkthrough, especially in the preseason for a Nick Saban team. Uh, But this is probably about as close as you'll get to it. Shorts and helmets work out on the eve of a scrimmage. We went over this last Friday in advance of scrimmage number one, so you pretty much have the same thing on Friday afternoon with the scrimmage coming up tomorrow. So there's Jalen Milrow. And to this point, the order that we're seeing in the practice footage, it seems like is what is playing out in the competition. Still very close, you get the sense, with Jalen Milrow and Ty Simpson, especially in those one-two spots. As Milrow here, as we run it, 
17 seconds in. It's Isaiah Bond. Here is Ty Simpson with a nice hitch to Jalen Hale, the true freshman wide receiver from Texas. Here comes Tyler Buckner, the Notre Dame transfer. Tough spot for Tyler Buckner. Kind of anticipated this a little bit as he throws the comeback very nicely to Ja'Cory Brooks. And you saw the staff member there sort of simulating a defensive back. And that gives that receiver the ability to kind of feel that guy and then when it comes to the top of the route, how he sits it down, and maybe, I'm not going to say, you know, it's always purposeful, but you can use sort of that inside arm to maybe create a little bit of separation when you're running off that defensive back and coming back on that hitch. But Ja'Cory Brooks, obviously, big things expected for him at this stage in his Alabama career a guy that I've talked about before when it comes to big moments over the last couple of seasons, he has answered the bell, whether it was Auburn down on the Plains in 2021, late in that game, late in regulation. And then in some moments where it wasn't in-game situations, but you had the sense that, boy, this Alabama offense needs a kickstart right here. And I think back to a crossing route that Ja'Cory caught in the first half of that game at Texas last season when Alabama was struggling on that side of the ball. And it just felt like that when Bryce Young sort of needed it, that was the guy he was going to throw it to. And then Ja'Cory with a great catch to end last season for a touchdown on a perfect ball, a deep ball from Bryce in the win over Kansas State. So there goes Ja'Cory Brooks. Here's more Jalen Milrow. Working the outside to Jermaine Burton. And as we stop it here at the 36-second mark, it's been really good to hear the positive feedback and the positive commentary about Jermaine Burton. And Jermaine did some very positive things last year, but I think he also sort of encapsulates where this receiving core needs to go as it moves throughout the upcoming season. And that relates first and foremost to just consistency in every aspect of receiver play, whether it's route running, whether it's um, dependability with the hands, whether it's blocking. Those are the areas that uh, continued improvement needs to take place. And look, Jermaine Burton's a veteran at this point. He and Ja'Cory Brooks, those are the last guys you should sort of question when it comes to all-around ability and consistency of play. So we roll it at the 36-second mark. Here's more of Ty Simpson. He's working that same comeback to Ja'Cory Brooks on the other side. Jalen Milrow also doing the same once again, a little bit low and wide. But Jalen Hale with that length, Jalen Hale is a long dude. I think Jalen Hale is listed at maybe 6'1", maybe 6'2". But uh, he has wingspan for days, it seems like. Makes a nice catch there. And with these quarterbacks, you know, as we come out of scrimmage number two, it's going to be critical to that competition, perhaps, and how things begin to unfold as you do progress into game week mode a little bit more next week. I would anticipate, as is typically the case for Alabama, the week before game week, about midweek, you start to see the scout team numbers come on to some guys uh, that are going to provide looks to the first group, maybe the second group as well. But that pecking order, Jalen Milrow, Ty Simpson, how does that play out? How does depth chart Monday look? Assuming we get a depth chart, I don't want to take that for granted. You never know. But assuming we receive an official depth chart the Monday of Middle Tennessee week, is it Jalen Milrow at the top? Is it Ty Simpson at the top? 
how many oars might be involved with just the quarterback position alone. I think oars on that depth chart have a chance to be pretty prevalent, but is it Jalen Milrow or Ty Simpson? Is it Ty Simpson or Jalen Milrow? Is it Jalen Milrow followed by Ty Simpson or Tyler Buckner? A tough spot for Tyler Buckner. I'll say this for Tyler Buckner. I think he's actually going to be better in Alabama system a month from now than he is right now. The problem for Tyler Buckner is where the reps going to come from. Because as you get into middle Tennessee week and you rep a couple of guys more so than three guys, because you're going to be on the 20 hour clock that the NCAA has mandated for in season practices and meetings and football related activities it's just not reasonable to expect that you can rep three guys. You just don't have the time on the practice field. And so there is still a possibility, I think, that in terms of his supporting cast, his surrounding cast, his wide receivers, his running backs, just familiarity with terminology and all those things, Tyler Buckner may very well be a good bit ahead of where he is right now in about three weeks' time. The question is, At that point, as you get this team coming out of a week two matchup of Texas, has that ship already sailed? If it hasn't, it could be good news for Tyler Buckner. Might not be the best news for this Alabama football team if you come out of Texas and you're still asking questions about your third or fourth guy, maybe Dylan Lonergan at some point. But there are scenarios where it ain't over till it's over. Obviously, you would love to see Jalen Milrow or Ty Simpson take this thing on Saturday and stake the claim and never turn back. But you also don't get the sense that maybe anyone associated with making that evaluation feels 100% certain that that will be the case. So as we run it here and we see Jalen Hale at the 49-second mark of the footage, We move into the offensive line, and the first clip we get here as we stop at 51 seconds in, there's Rock Montgomery, the true freshman, getting some work at center. We had seen that earlier in camp in some of the footage. Jaden Roberts at right guard, and there is Miles McVeigh at right tackle, the mammoth freshman who I really like the future for that young player. I'll say this, too, about Jaden Roberts. I'm convinced that Jaden, at a lot of places, even within the Southeastern Conference, is of starter caliber at this point in his Alabama career. One of his old high school teammates previously of Alabama, Damian George, transferred to Florida. I know at least going into fall camp, the the sentiment was that Damian George might very well win a tackle position for Billy Napier's team heading into the upcoming season. So there you're looking at some different combinations with the offensive line. We'll roll it here at 52 seconds in and Kind of just going over some different looks that these guys are going to see that they're sort of anticipating seeing in Saturday scrimmage. Just trying to make sure of assignments, and you'll see Wilkin Formby's kind of serving the role as a uh, a defensive lineman working a loop here in a pass rush setup, and just trying to get things set in advance of Saturday scrimmage. You roll it here with uh, more of McVeigh and Roberts and Montgomery in that right side of that look. And then we get into this next clip at the 110 mark. And what you saw there, and we'll back it up just a little bit, 
There's Seth McLaughlin at center. There's Darian Dahlcourt at right guard. And there's J.C. Latham at the right tackle position. So based on this look, you would think Alabama going to take another look at Darian Dahlcourt with those ones. Not that they haven't throughout the preseason and in last Saturday scrimmage, but interesting nonetheless. We had seen earlier in the week some camp footage that had Tyler Booker working more on the left side at the guard spot inside of Caden Proctor, the true freshman who is in that mix for that vacancy. And as we roll it here, one minute and 10 seconds in, again, there's J.C. Latham, big year expected from the mammoth right tackle. Contract year for J.C. Latham, as we know, up to 360 pounds. I wish I looked like that at 205. You know, and this guy's 360, a little different athlete, I think, J.C. Latham, than than this guy these days, especially. But uh, again, just working on some things, identifying different looks, different games that you anticipate seeing in the pass rush from the defense in a scrimmage. And then we get into the footage here at about the 128 mark. And there's James Brockermeyer at center. There's Terrence Ferguson at right guard and Wilkin Formby at the right tackle position right there, 135 into it. I'm on record, big Wilkin Formby fan. Just think it's a matter of time before that guy's a significant contributor uh, on that offensive line. Um, and Terrence Ferguson, you know, I, I know we we see these clips and we're quick to make evaluations and judgments. Oh, wow, it looked like Terrence Ferguson was going to win a job at guard, and now it looks like Darian Dahlcourt is back on top. Maybe it'll play out that way. I think it's been a healthy competition. I think it's been exactly what they wanted to see because – if you've got a guy going into his third year like Ferguson pushing a fifth-year senior like Darian Dahlcourt, nothing wrong with that. That's a good thing. And I think Terrence Ferguson, whether it's week one as a starter at some point during the season, there's a great chance his services will be required. Because even if it is Dahlcourt who gets the nod against Middle Tennessee to open the game, unfortunately for Darian, we know injuries have been a big, big part of his history. As we move the tape along here at the one minute and 43 second mark, we get into some defensive line and there's my guy. I'm big on this guy right here. I'm on record for a couple of months now uh, thinking that Justin Aboigbe set for a big, big year really need it to happen because there's some tackle for loss and sack production that needs to come from somewhere along this defensive line. There's Tim Keenan. Tim looks good, man. Working that semi-ghost move. I'm not going to say that's a full ghost pass rush move. I'm not going to say that's Vaughn Miller, okay, working the ghost. But the concept is basically what Freddie Roach is going for here. He's looking for bend. He's looking for dip. Uh, and he's looking for wins when it comes to pass rush. And kind of a up and under move there from Damon Payne, another guy that needs to take a step forward this season. Now, there's some interesting guys to think about. I'm going to give you a sleeper here in a minute. Our kind of off-the-radar guys, we see Hunter Osborne, the true freshman defensive lineman there. This guy right here, man, I think this guy could help in the way of the pass rush especially, and that's Monkel Goodwine. I like Goodwine and what I saw from him in the 8A game. He's got some twitch in that first step. 
And then he plays at a rate, a work rate that you like. Kind of similar to a Wallace Gilberry years ago. You know, one of the shames of that 2017, the first of Nick Saban's at Alabama going seven and six, is that I still don't think Wallace Gilberry ever got the recognition he truly deserved. You go back and look at his tackle for loss numbers that season. And they're up there or beyond pretty much any defensive lineman Nick Saban has had at the University of Alabama. But I think Goodwine can give you sort of not only the ability, and that's not to say Wallace was just all an effort player, but Wallace was kind of a tweener, right? Still did good things in the National Football League, had a solid career in the NFL. But a lot of it was based on snapped a whistle, playing at a work rate, that was really unsurpassed. And so we keep the tape moving here. This is another guy I think you see some promise with. Just from a body perspective, and you think about Jordan Renaud and what he might look like in a year's time, number 90 right there. Yeah, I think that guy has potential for sure. You've got Isaiah Hastings, another one of those guys. Uh, there's Curtis Perry still trying to get there in terms of physicality and strength and bulk. And this guy right here, number 91, yeah, I think he's okay from a strength and bulk perspective. Uh, has just done an amazing job in terms of a body transformation based on what he was about a year and a half ago when he first arrived at Alabama and where he is now. And you see him with some nice bend and flexibility for a guy that size as he works around that dummy, keeps it tight on the corner there like Freddie Roach likes. And you know, you're ready to see it translate into production. You look in the background there, Tim Smith, another one of those guys that you need to see bigger things from in 2023. There's James Smith, another true freshman with a chance to impact the rotation up front. There he is, James Smith working the working the drill. Damon Payne working the drill as well. Once again, Jordan Renaud. So there are roles available. So when I talk about a guy like Michael Goodwine, part of that has to do with you don't get the sense that everything has just been solidified from package to package for Alabama. Okay, if you want to talk about the base and you want to go ahead and say Jaheim Otis and Justin Aboigby and Tim Smith is the first three guys out there in the base and or the big nickel, okay, we could go ahead and make that assumption. But when Alabama goes to its pass rush nickel, when Alabama goes to its dime rabbits, I think Justin Aboigby, of those three guys that I just mentioned, most likely to be every down guy. I think Otis has that potential to go a couple of packages in. I think Tim Smith should be able at this point to just about cover everything that you're going to expect to see from Justin Aboigby as well. But Jamarian Latham has an opportunity, I think, in pass rush situations. I think Damon Payne has an opportunity. And I think guys like Goodwine, you know, could kind of come off the radar, at least in terms of what we've seen from them to date. Because we haven't been overly exposed to some of these younger defensive linemen. As we see Goodwine again there at the 2 minute and 31 second mark, we roll it here. There's Edric Hill, young defensive lineman. So that's a wrap in terms of our latest fall camp watch along. But it's hardly a wrap in terms of our continuing coverage there at BamaOnline.com. We've got JoJo on the go in Carrollton, Georgia on this Friday evening. Joseph Hastings, our recruiting analyst, who does an outstanding job of 
working the roads in an effort to put his eyes on some of the very best prospects in the class of 2023 and beyond. In fact, in Carrollton, Georgia tonight, he's checking out no fewer than three Alabama commitments, a possible 2026 quarterback for the Crimson Tide, and he's getting you boots on the ground coverage in the process. And of course, you want to hang out with us because Joe and the rest of us update things constantly there at the roundtable, our premium message board at BamaOnline.com. So a lot to talk about, a lot to chop up right there on the roundtable with us. Of course, this watch along, in addition to uploading to the personal YouTube page, that's at Travis Ryer, B-O-L, is also going to go up at the Bama Online Podcast. Wherever you consume podcasts, you're going to find us. But the best place to catch up with us is right there at BOL itself. Tim Watts, Andrew Bone, the aforementioned Joseph Hastings, Charlie Potter, our senior writer, Clint Lamb, Jimmy Stein, myself. We've got you covered top to bottom with all things Alabama right there at BamaOnline.com. Travis Ryer, thanking you once again for joining us here. And until next time, so long, everybody.